0: So the big culture war battle of this week is over Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. What's the deal with this controversy? And what does it say about the media discourse surrounding racism in America in general? I'm John Cooper from Counterpoint Politics. And today on the left wing, I am joined by three special guests. First up is our returning guest, TJ from Powers Taken, Not Given. Uh, we also have Ethan Taylor, executive producer of the Voidcast podcast, and Rory Myers, aka the Burst Hippie, host of the very same Voidcast podcast. So Uh, For those who haven't heard about this, Jason Aldean wrote a song that rose to the top of the charts, uh, basically on a wave of controversy, which stemmed from the racist dog whistles that appear throughout the song and music video. Uh, The song is implicitly about the Black Lives Matter protests and riots, and the premise is pretty much that anyone who tries that shit in a small town, well, they're not going to make it down the road. Now... I've made a decent amount of content about this controversy myself um and while i know that this is mostly stupid culture war bullshit and the song received more attention than it probably necessarily deserved uh i do think that it does act as a pretty good jumping off point for a lot of the discussion around you know race uh and and, and you know dog whistles and everything in the media um and i know you brought this up kind of as a jumping off point to to discuss you know the how we just talk about race what the media's roles to play in these controversies ethan um so i'll let you kind of take the wheel from here and uh kind of say what you want to say about it
1: yeah i think you put it perfectly it's a it's just another one of those culture wars so let's do it um (laughs) yeah basically uh i personally didn't see um anything wrong with the song i feel like if if you look too hard into anything, um, you could probably find a problem with it. I uh, feel like there's a lot of songs that, um, are probably a lot worse for our culture. Um, I personally didn't see anything racist about it. I think he's just, uh, you know, utilizing free speech and I'm not even sure that he was, uh, you know, the, I can't say for sure that he was the final decision behind, uh, the music video and the writing that went into the song. So if you have any uh information on that, I'd be happy to hear it. Oh, I don't think Now Dean writes shit, but <laughs>
0: right. Right. <laughs> he is he is the name and brand that is responsible for this song. Um, so I right. do think it's whether he wrote it or made them, he did obviously didn't edit the music video, but like it's his, you know, his name's on at the end of the day. I think it's fair to hold him responsible. Um my thoughts on it were you know you didn't see the dog was and I think that's fine you know I, I think it's fine for something to be like oh I didn't see it my problem is that when they were called to Jason's attention and, and the attention of a lot of people there was no acknowledgement of them like there's some pretty clear ones like being filmed in front of a courthouse that is a famous lynching site like the newspaper that article that was used in promotion on his tiktok That was an article about a anti-racist editorial writer being driven out of a small town. There's like a lot of these things that like, you know, taken individually, I can buy as a mere coincidence. But when put all together, it creates a different narrative. And when Jason Aldean chooses to, instead of saying, oh, well, I didn't realize this, my bad guys, and chooses to double down on it instead that's the issue because i i don't think there's anything wrong with going oh yeah no i see how racist could have taken this as an anthem and i certainly wouldn't want that. Um, is um it, is it
1: necessarily you know? him doubling down or is it him saying that you know this is this is my music this is what it is and if you don't like it you don't have to listen to it for you know we come we so, come back to the topic of freedom of speech
2: well i mean freedom of speech uh, yeah no one's no one's saying he doesn't have the constitutional right to say this. I don't like That's, that's, you know, inconsequential <laughs> to this entire conversation, but uh, he can't be thrown in jail for making this song. But I would ask, uh, well, first I, I will, I will also uh, agree with what you both said that I too saw this as just culture war shit that I didn't care about. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't, I mean, there, uh, there are, innumerable, uh, you know, uh, media products or, uh, uh or a broadcast that, you know, have racist undertones or sexist or, or whatever, or just evil. This is, it's, and I, I don't listen to Jason Aldean, so, you know, I, I just didn't care. But, um, since I am involved in this conversation, I will ask uh, Ethan, you said that you didn't think anything in the song was racist and I, I understand if you asked a hundred black people if they thought it was racist, what do you think they would say? And uh I think they would disagree. Now, now it doesn't necessarily mean, like, like John said, like being as charitable as possible. Let's say he did not have racist intentions of in the song. I'm more than willing to grant that. That's uh, well, willing. I won't say more than willing. <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to <laughs> grant that.
1: But it so go ahead. Well, I, I guess what I'm not understanding is what success would come out of him intentionally releasing a racist song. Oh well, um, dude, it's a, it's a shitty I, song. I, it's got, the, it's top it's of the, the biggest song. The- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's because that's because of all of us who care about things that the media pushes onto us, and that's exactly what happened. They, exactly, they started bursting across. Uh-huh.
3: So,
2: so he didn't, you know, release the song. Uh, in an effort to appeal to a wide range of people like like country music country music is like it's weird like in the in the past country music was not like relegated as as white people music it wasn't like it was uh it was uh you know for for white and black people alike uh, it was the southern uh style of music it kind of you know drifted toward that uh probably in the 70s 80s and I mean it was a common thing for people to say, I listen to everything but country. It was like a niche kind of music. I mean, not as niche as like, you know, uh, you know, Opera. techno or you know, <laughs> folk music or something, but it was it was niche music. And then around the time, like uh, what was her name? Like Taylor's like 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 Shania Twain was like a crossover star. Like, oh my god, she's a country star and a pop star. It was weird. But then, like you had like Carrie Underwood or uh uh, Taylor Swift they started it became mainstream again and then you had like uh black artists like Nelly doing you know uh, music with country artists and it kind of became the mainstream but after 9-11 after 9-11 it started drifting off again away from the mainstream like though we'll put a boot in your ass this is the American way shit mm-hmm. and while country music in the past was about you know uh, you know, like the sorrows of your life, fighting the law, standing up against the man. Now it became about saluting the flag and respecting the police officers who are deserving of uh, your obedience. And so, it it reminds me of uh, James Baldwin quote. And James Baldwin mentioned how he he never much cared for the term race relations because they would ask him. And people say, "Well, how do you think race relations between you know white people and black people have uh, have uh, are are developing over time?" Because he says, "All right, the situation you're asking, how are black people treating white people and white people treating black people? When you should just be asking how are white people treating black people? Like like let, let's be real, like that's how mm-hmm. this went. Like the the, uh, the the oppression only went one way." And if there were, you know, negative feelings in the black community, toward the white community, white, like, of course there were. It, it's not incumbent upon them to improve race relations. So uh, the, the idea that, you know, Jason Aldean just assuming he was didn't have racist intentions, I think is charitable. But the fact that when black people say, oh, this looks pretty racist, he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, what is that supposed to tell me? Like, what like, what am I supposed to gain out of that? It's not like, oh, that wasn't my intention. Uh, I I wanted to do this. No, it was like, yeah, who cares? Like, I, I that's that's the part that gets me. Because I say stuff, and it's true. Like, people on the left are insufferable. And a lot of times, <laughs> they'll bring up, you know, like uh, overly sensitive shit and stuff that, like, people clearly didn't intend. I understand that. That, that happens. However... People are like people are human. We are make mistakes. Like if I say something like I would say, "Oh, that idea, yeah, you're off the reservation" or something, and someone's like, "Hey, that's a you know like a kind of a, a negative term about Native Americans." Like I never thought about that. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Okay, I won't do that from now. But that's where conservatives lose it. They're like, "Well, fuck you. I'm still going to say it." I'm like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> like yeah. you can't you can't expect people to be charitable when you're not willing to be charitable in return. That's yeah. that's how I was saying on it.
3: My my main so the the issue that I see with these kind of conversations is that they're so they're so broad and nuanced. And in the current political climate, there's no room for nuance. It's like there there's like certain degrees of the racism or the racial insensitivity. Some of it's implied, some of it's explicit. And when you get in these conversations with lefties that also reject the nuance and they just say racism, racism. And you look at a conservative and they see that and they're like oh well you're being hyperbolic i'm going to disregard everything that you're saying the content is still might be racially insensitive like like uh try it in a small town music video but when people come out in droves and say this is the most racist piece of art to hit hit the market in 2023 or something extreme like that then they they lose not only the conservative audience quite obviously they also lose that kind of normie uh uh like uh, independent viewer somebody that's not being swayed in one way or another they they look at the leftist perspective and they think oh well they're just being ridiculous they're not they're not really looking at the context and the the details involved in that and that's part of it i do want to pivot back to the comment ethan made about it uh, about not respecting freedom of speech i always see this with conservatives they think that saying something is wrong or saying something that's racist or even saying something is just flat out stupid is synonymous with censorship and it's not censorship is when you are barred by the government or penalized in some way for your speech one person saying to another that's a stupid fucking opinion is not censorship that in itself is the first amendment in, in power that's how it works so i just going back to that point, I, I really cannot stand it whenever conservatives try and conflate criticism with censorship. And my, my take on the music video as a whole is regardless of the intent, there are several messages and several images in that music video that are heavily implied towards having a racial leaning. For instance, a lot of the crime footage they use are mostly black people committing those crimes. A lot of the protest and riot footage they use are of the BLM protests, which is commonly used as talking points for racist and extreme right people in the modern discourse. So regardless of that intent there, you still have to acknowledge those elements within the music video and even setting aside all of that just looking at the messaging of uh for instance there's a there was an image of somebody burning a flag and it cuts to him saying try that in a small town you're not going to get very far it, it's just flat authoritarianism it's disgusting i mean it, putting the racial element aside completely just the very mentality of try and express your first amendment rights in a small town and we will murder you is is in itself a disgusting message and it really speaks to the giant divide and toxicity within these political conversations
2: and i if i could add one more thing i'm sorry like when you mentioned that one of the reasons i didn't get really worked up about this honestly is because I challenge you to find anything in that song that isn't just standard conservative orthodoxy. Like mm-hmm. like people say this shit all the time. So he made a song about it. It was like, okay, all right, that's the same thing you'd hear at any Trump rally or a mm-hmm. uh, Republican national committee. So yeah, I'm not gonna lose my mind over this shit when you know you're swimming in it all the time. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I I so I this is how like I got into like this controversy because I heard the controversy and i i'm so glad you brought up tj the uh the, that song the the toby keith song the oh put right, your boot in your ass yeah <laughs> put your boot in your ass and like i i was like oh shit like that was my first thing that i thought of cuz like i remember listening to that song as a kid and being like america fuck yeah and then yeah. like later growing up and realizing like will rain hell on you like the 4th of july like oh my god that yeah. is so fucking racist and like i was ashamed of myself for like having liked that song when I was younger, and I went into this song being like, "Oh God, how fucking racist is it gonna be?" And it was like, "Okay, yeah, like, like you just said,
2: it, I've heard
0: worse <laughs> shit than this." There's nothing support- like, yeah, people, just, you know? and yeah, no, it, it it totally has racial dog whistles, and I think that it, it's undeniable. But like, I wasn't like, "Oh God, this is something to write home about." The controversy was overblown, like you were saying, Rory. The people who are like, "Oh, this is the most racist piece of art of the year," like you're wrong. Like you're making right. you're you're making the like a, the wrong argument on the correct side of it, and exactly. you're making the entire thing look stupid. But yeah. I also think that the, the first video I made on this was about the First Amendment thing, and Ethan, you brought like the free speech thing. But in this song, he says, "If you burn flags or if you curse at police, you ain't gonna make it down the road in a small town." That is a direct, like, I don't give a shit about your free speech. I will use force to stop you from practicing your right to free speech. And to me, if I'm a free speech loving conservative, I I, I might not be upset about the racial thing, but I would be pissed the fuck off about that, right? Yeah. Like, like, do, do you hear, like, like like, your genuine opinion there, even, like, do you hear that and go, like, that's wrong?
1: You know, to be honest with you, I don't know. I guess I I guess I didn't catch that part. I would agree with you that that is uh, against a lot of conservative belief, and the fact that we're supporting it is a little bit silly. I would say. So yeah, I mean, I can. I think I. I think I can get on your level with that,
2: in that aspect.
0: uh, I think that that like that what you just said kind of like encapsulates the entire controversy surrounding. Black Lives Matter and the protests and the riots because what happened is you have people in bubbles who are getting the footage of the riots and that's all they're seeing and they genuinely fucking believe that like oh these riots they're terrible and mm-hmm. they are right there's a there's a kernel of truth I talk about that all the time in the show it is wrong to fucking burn down some random small business because of something the police did right that is true and that's all they're seeing and they aren't seeing all of the footage that I saw of cops beating protesters for protesting. And, you know, I remember in Philadelphia, they sprayed a fire hose um, on just like random protesters. Like it, it was terrible. And, but a lot of conservatives didn't see that. They, they just didn't see it. And so they're like, oh, th- these black lives matter protests, they're wrong. You try that in a small town, you're going to get fucked up. And you don't even, they don't even see, they slid in the thing there about, you know, the peaceful protesters and, and and flag burning, be, I'll beat you up for that. You don't even see that because th- the rest of the confirmation bias says this song, you should be on the side of it because it th- this relates to the things that you've been seeing in, in, in your bubble. And my message conservatives out there is to when someone from the outside, like a large group of people from the outside is going, hey, this thing is wrong. That's the moment where you got to step back and be like, maybe maybe some parts are wrong. You know, may, maybe I don't need to blindly defend this thing because I I related to it. It's OK right. to have related to it. It doesn't make you a racist because you related to something with racist dog whistles in it. I don't think that me enjoying the, the Toby Keith song meant that I hated fucking Muslims. Right. But it was also racist against fucking Muslims. <laughs> like, like it just was. Don't,
3: don't don't kid yourself. You're now a KKK member for listening to that song <gasps> once.
0: Fuck, damn it. I'll
2: get the white hat,
3: I guess. going to make <laughs> me do
1: it.
2: Uh, I I don't mean to be contrarian. I, that, that is not my <laughs> intention, I, I, I promise. But I got to disagree with uh, Ethan and John about uh, how, you know, this goes against conservative values of free speech. It, it does not at all. Like uh, because the conservative like uh, argument of free speech has never actually been about the constitutional right to free speech. It's never about that because. But well, like I said before, your constitutional right to free speech means the government cannot punish you for expressing your opinion, like unless you have, uh, you know, uh, slight, uh, slight libel, slander, and credible threats of violence, like anything other than that, you can say. Uh, it always focuses on I can't say the N word on Twitter. And then uh, it's, uh, I can't believe that they're censoring my post. Yeah, it's a private fucking company. It's just capital. This is what Mm -hmm. you want. The boss makes all the rules. And if they want to make money, they can't allow a bunch of Nazis and a bunch of people using translers because that's going to make them unappealing to markets uh, for advertising. Like, that's the only way these can exist. So, like, the free speech argument to me, and I don't need a dogpile on either. I, he happened to step into oh, one good, of the houses. So, but the free speech argument is just the, the coward's last refuge because it's just, well, this is a reprehensible, horrible thing. And the response is, well, legally, I have the right to say it. Like, okay, that's not, <laughs> like who cares? Like, that's not what we're talking about. It's like, that doesn't make it good. And so... I, I get very frustrated when, when people say that their free speech is being challenged, when someone says, I don't like what you have to say. And the cancel culture issue, which has always boggled my mind, because the right wing, I've been around long enough to know, is all about cancel culture. <laughs> Ask the Dixie Chicks about cancel culture. Ask <laughs> Colin Kaepernick about cancel culture. Ask
0: well, Shana- uh, not, not, uh, Sinead O'Connor. Sinead Rest O'Connor. Like,
2: like, all. All conservatives do is bitch, bitch, bitch when someone pisses them off, and you know, organize boycotts. They've been organizing boycotts against Disney for my entire <laughs> life, for for like <laughs> celebrating Gay Pride, and Disney's still around. They did the they did the Bud Light thing. Guess yep. what? Bud Light still celebrated Pride. They're going to celebrate it next year, like they because they're unable to realize <laughs> that their problem is not with you know. Uh, wokeness. Their problem is with capitalists seeking ways to appeal to broad markets, and mm-hmm. they participate in cancel culture all the time while claiming that it's a left wing thing and always use the free speech argument as if someone's actually throwing them in jail. You know, for saying the R word. It's just like it's, I, I it's obnoxious.
3: I feel a lot like John right now, TJ. You just took all the words right. Out ah, of shit. Mouth. I'm sorry. One hundred percent. 100% I, completely I agree just, with what you just said.
1: I just want to clarify to your viewers, uh, the only person that I've ever canceled is Travis Scott after all those people got hurt at his concert in Houston. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. That's no, the only no, that person fair. I've ever canceled uh, for a good reason. Um, <laughs> also, and this this isn't like trying to plug the podcast or anything, but I just want to let your viewers know, uh, John referred to me as Republican a couple of times. I consider myself to be a little bit more on the fence, a little bit more unaffiliated with either party. I'm, you know, our whole show is based on the aspect of bringing two sides together to try and come together and figure out a solution or an agreement. And if not, you know, give the viewers two sides to listen to and make their opinion like I just did tonight, you know, where I came out a couple of days ago, made a video in support of Jason Aldean. I'm kind of feeling bad about that. Probably gonna go back, delete those and do something else about the content. And that's the ultimate goal. That's what we have to do as humans to try and, and, and make this a better place, a better society to live in is to come together, have these hard conversations, they're confrontational and, and, and find a middle ground that we can all agree on so that you know, we get towards, we can focus on other things. And it's not just these continuous culture wars. So that's that's just my uh, disclaimer to your listeners after this episode.
0: No, Ethan, a little, a little just look behind the curtain for our listeners here. Uh, Ethan is the one who suggested this topic. And he suggested this topic knowing that there would be a Black person on the show. And I respect the hell out of that, knowing what position he was going to take. And I don't think anyone listening to this Right now, I was like pissed at you, Ethan. Right. Um, and I think that you saying, oh, I I'm kind of, seething. I, I kind of <laughs> learned, <laughs> well, maybe Roy, kind of learned <laughs> something here. I understand that I was wrong about this thing. I still hold these core values. I still like, I don't, you don't have to feel bad about yourself for having, we're all wrong. I've been wrong right. about so much shit in my life. We all have been. If we can just admit that and have conversations like this instead of being so defensive, I think we come to a better place. And 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 to address what you said, TJ, about like how this isn't the way conservatives view it. It isn't the way the Republican orthodoxy views free speech. And I completely agree with you. But I think there are a lot of people who call themselves conservatives out there, like Ethan, who don't agree with the Republican orthodoxy. Just like myself being a progressive, I don't agree with the Democrat orthodoxy. Um, And I think that there is a large amount of people who very much value free speech and it is a relatively conservative concept, like a libertarian concept of free speech um, in, in that divide of the spectrum, um, libertarian versus authoritarianism. And it is one of those issues where I think that the left can reach out to people like Ethan on the right and go, hey, this is kind of fucked up. Like this is about stopping people with force from using their, their, their right to free speech, whether you agree with that speech or not. Right. And if they're a reasonable conservative, they'll be like, yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. You know, if they're willing to admit they were wrong about something, like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't quite hear that part, like I, I didn't see it, and I think that that's why I kind of wanted to talk about this. And that was the first video I made because it was like, huh, this is an opportunity to reach across the aisle about a divisive topic, and anyone who has their ears open and is willing to listen and actually believes in the more, you know, libertarian side of the conservative ideology has to agree with this
2: part. You know, I think I think libertarians would, but I think you're standard conservative in the country. Like if we did a poll of a thousand Republicans and asking, should flag burning be illegal? I'm fairly confident a majority of them would say it should be. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't believe they actually believe it. Like Mm -hmm. it's 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 a it's a weapon that they use to, uh, you know, defend reprehensible speech. And and yeah, and they're not the only people who do that, but uh the concept that the right actually cares about free speech no like they they care about getting to say what they want to say without being criticized for it that's like i i don't think they actually believe it like that's just my opinion on that i
1: mean if if i was one of those thousand republicans i would vote no, just so you guys are aware (laughs) okay (laughs) i
3: mean personally like there's this concept of like right-wing libertarians and in my in my mind conservatism and libertarianism that's an oxymoron the whole premise of conservatism is in itself almost authoritarian it's it's to conserve almost about it my friend (laughs) (laughs) try try not to appear as extreme but but the, the the very core of conservatism is to conserve a person's ability to do things in order to preserve the state or the fatherland or whatever whatever iconology you want to put behind it, that's kind of the crux of conservatism. And you look at like Iranian libertarianism and you you're like, none of this is about freedom. This is all just a, a thin veneer of corporate feudalism. I mean libertarian in, libertarianism in itself was the socialist alternative to liberalism during the Great Enlightenment. So it, people just don't know what this shit means is is the really the main issue and they try and like you said weaponize these ideas and these abstract notions to make themselves appear as moderate or open or somebody in favor of freedom but then when it gets down to the specific policy or to these individual issues they have no principal position it begins no. and ends at being able to use the n-word on twitter
2: yeah <laughs> fascinated by it they, they, they can't stop libertarians are, are, are Amer- so you brought up how uh libertarian uh i or the the concept was socialist in the truth uh like in the united states you know american libertarians are different than libertarians around the world like our libertarians are, 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 yeah. are conservative and libertarians yeah. and are they're iranian they're, they're they are, are iranian. iranian yeah yeah they they're interesting to me because like libertarianism This might shock you guys. Like, I think libertarianism does make a lot of sense if you just stop and think about the world's problems for five minutes, but not one second longer, because then you realize (laughs) the entire thing falls apart. It's it's, it's absurd on its face. And uh, I, I, I... Everyone thinks that, you know, uh, if there were no rules and stuff and the government just got off my backs off my back, I'd be Jeff Bezos. Like, no, you'd be a slave to one of the four trillionaires on Earth, just like everybody else. Like, it's yep. just like they're just incredulous rubes who It's you don't see a lot of uh, disabled people who are libertarians. You don't see <laughs> a lot of minorities who are libertarians. You don't see a lot of women who are libertarians because. They are aware of uh, the precarious nature of reality and how dangerous and how difficult things are. Uh, you, but you will see a lot of healthy, young uh, white men that are libertarians. And I, that's not a slander against healthy young white men. But there's a reason that that's the most popular group for libertarians, because, you know, life isn't quite as difficult for them. So, that's- yeah,
3: I mean, they it's essentially the idea that freedom means taking power away from government and giving it to private corporation. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Makes yeah. no sense. Yeah.
0: I would be interested to know, for the conservatives listening to our audience, how libertarian are you? Because if you disagree with flag burning, uh-uh, you can't be. It it, you know, it, it, do- it doesn't actually line up with those values. If you disagree with cursing the cops, um, it doesn't line up with those values. To me, I always say, if you are Not open borders, like that is the biggest fucking government intervention in the freedom of movement and the free labor market. um And you gotta be if you actually like. I view that as a more conservative belief on the libertarian authoritarian part of the spectrum. And that's why I say a lot of like I think a lot. I think freedom of speech, even if they say they're against flag burning, I don't think they actually think that. I think that if you forced them to do their homework and think about it for more than five minutes. And like they were open to having conversation about it, I do genuinely think I can get most people to go like, "Oh no, you're right. Yeah, no, we should allow flag burning. It would be stupid. That'd be against freedom of speech." And I do think there's plenty of people on the left, like you know, to say like, uh, you know, the the very pro-China lefties, the tankies, that I just can't get along with because Mm. of China's problems with freedom of speech. I think freedom of speech is one of the defining core aspects of American ideology, Um, and I think it is one of those issues that the left and our part of the left at least can use as a wedge to pry some conservatives like even outside
3: off of the Republican party and maybe make them vote for a Bernie, Uh, you know? (laughs) I'm so glad you mentioned tankies too, John, because it's like you have people instilling the virtues of fucking Stalin and Mao Zedong. Like, what are you doing? These are, these are fascists that use the veneer of communism to assert authoritarianism and totalitarianism. And they're easily one of the most oppressive governments in modern history. I mean, look at the Chinese government. It is, it's Orwellian what they're able to do and what they get away with. And all right, that is all the time we have to discuss Jason
0: Aldean's song. Try that in a small town, wrapping up with a discussion on Mao. Um, <laughs> authoritarianism. I'll let Ethan have the last words.
1: I'm going to my town parade this weekend and burning all the American flags.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs>